Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you are tuning in. We here at Wellington Heights Community Church just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. Today's message is special as we are coming off our Christmas store in the church building. We are bringing this virtual listening to you. Jenny Chatham sits down with John Dorfeld and Alicia Hahn, two members of Wellington Heights Community Church, to talk about what Advent means, looking at our Advent devotional. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's podcast. Hey, Wellington Heights Community Church Podcast. This is Jenny Chatama, and I'm so grateful to be here with you. Thank you for tuning in. We have entered the Advent season, which is a season of the liturgical uh, year that includes the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And as a church, we've been reading through and engaging with a devotional from Living Compass that focuses on practicing wonder. And when we look at wonder, it invites us to pay attention to the sacred that surrounds us each day. Embodying wonder guides us toward curiosity, gratitude, and openness to the movements of God's spirit. And so I'm really excited about our episode today because joining me are a couple of lovely individuals from within our church community. Uh, These voices represent diverse perspectives from within Wellington Heights Community Church, and yet we're all kind of coming together to reflect on the theme of this year's devotional, which is practicing wonder with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And so joining me today is Alicia Hahn. Hello. And John Dorfeld. Hello. (laughs) And they're here to share with us their reflections and experience of practicing wonder and and how uh, they engaged with the devotional and and kind of lived that out. And so just to kind of cue, uh, cue you in, some of the topics from the Advent devotional have included wonder and love and wonder and stories. And so there was also space in the devotional for making it personal. And so um, that included some daily reflections and then an opportunity for us to take what we're discovering from the reflections and go deeper with these insights in our own lives. And so today's podcast episode just really offers us a space to listen to each other and kind of co-create this environment where authentic learning and conversations can occur about faith and wonder during the season of Advent. And so I've kind of prepped Alicia and John with uh, some questions that we're going to focus on, but I thought it, it, you know, since we're kind of embarking on this Advent journey, um, just kind of curious as to what the Advent season means for you. (laughs) You just want us to jump in? Yeah, just go right in there. Hmm. It's changing. So I'm in a little bit different season of life. My children are adults. So I think when they were younger, it was, um, you know, wonder through their eyes Hmm. and creating a sense of nostalgia and joy for them. 
And now that they are grown and two are out of the house and one is um, in the house and kind of like whatever you want, mom, um, I, I'm, I'm shifting. So I'm, mm. I'm still figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a little different. And I think it looks different because I get to focus more on myself. Yeah. And I'm not sure necessarily what wonder looks like for me. Mm. And I'm realizing that a lot of my um, friends are somewhat in that same spot in their lives. And so I guess maybe there's wonder in um, the newness and what that looks like going forward and what new things I can create. Yeah. So would you say that maybe even there's like a curiosity about wonder? Yeah, but there's also um, a little bit of grief in there. So I'm mm. I'm working that out, right? Mm-hmm. What is what do the transitions of life look like, and how can you both have those two things, the dualities of that coexist? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to echo some of that too. Just of you know, we go through these seasons every year. And I think in a lot of ways, um, it seems like every year is different of, of the Advent season just because of what's going on in life. And mm-hmm. I've got some anticipation um, this year um, just in my, my life as a person and milestone birthday coming up. And just really a lot of things are, are clicking. And... Um, but also the, the balance of my work, my life, my faith, um, and really trying to slow down instead of chasing, um, chasing those, those goals of life that sometimes um, I forget to slow down and just focus in on, on my, my walk with Christ and my faith. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I appreciate diving into this something that's there every day Mm -hmm. um that focuses in on a advent season that wasn't really something i grew up with like that my family didn't really do anything related to it i didn't know much about it until later in life and um i think um being able to do this with with the faith community um all all kind of going through the same thing is there's there's some anticipation there of just yeah doing it together Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I, I think for me, it's kind of just the Advent season is like a, a reflective time of preparation. You know, I have a tendency to kind of go inward in which I hear a little bit of that from each of you, you know, Alicia and kind of the season of life that you're in and kind of being empty nester a little bit. And then John with, you know, just juggling all the things, milestone birth, you know, all of that mm-hmm. kind of life stuff. And um, how old are you going to be? 40. 40. <laughs> baby. <laughs> so one of the one of the questions uh, that was on here, because I think for some of our listeners, when we talk about practicing wonder, it could feel like um, that that is like a luxury or an extra that we have if we have the space in our life to do that. And so... Um, 
as, as we kind of went through the devotional, it, it says, you know, in reality, it, it's critical to our well-being that it really is an essential practice uh, this time of year when our culture can put, you know, so many demands on us, wanting us to kind of complicate our lives by doing more and buying more and eating more. Uh, and that focusing on wonder, especially this like spiritually internal wonder, uh, is countercultural. And so I guess how has has practicing wonder as you've kind of been engaging with this devotional, how has that invited you to be curious and open to the spirit? Hmm. Yeah, for me, it, um, it's been a great reminder to just, slow down like we all have this gift of of the spirit there um and this invitation to to lean in and and slow down and just take a breath um i swear like because i i live a a stressful life uh just Mm -hmm. with the work i do Mm -hmm. and but there's that that gift and that invitation of just you know, taking a taking a step back and taking some breath and and really just sitting back and and looking at the amazing things of this world of, that God has done in His creation and and the people in our lives that when you really take the time to take a step back and look look around instead of being so honed in yeah on just that your individual path take a step back and look at the bigger picture like it's it's pretty amazing like the grind right like Mm -hmm. our culture is just like keep on going keep on doing and especially this time of year when we there's like all those added pressures Mm -hmm. i think too that it can it can sometimes be difficult to take that step back and to you know really be curious about the movements of of god and spirit and um, so I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that because I think a, a lot of folks will identify with that, that, um, that the kind of like challenge in that, but mm. the beauty yeah. in there as well. <clears throat> How about for you, Alicia? So I was, I'm glad that this question asked or stated this because I actually, when I first started reading the devotion, I was like, Hmm, I ain't feeling like a whole lot of wonder. Right. And so there was a little bit of that um, wonder feeling like a luxury. Mm -hmm. But as I'm sitting here listening and like being present, I also didn't put my Christmas tree up. Hmm. So a ritual has always been the Christmas tree goes up the day after Thanksgiving. Right. But we decided my sister had to work. So we did Thanksgiving the day after Thanksgiving, which meant I was over there. And then I sat with it for a while because I just moved in October and I thought, I don't really feel like putting it up and I haven't really fully unpacked that. But as we're talking, I'm like, I think I'm going to not put it up and see what wonder looks like Mm. without the nostalgia Mm -hmm. of the symbolism. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And what that looks like for me again in this new season of life. And I'm, so wonder for me is Thanksgiving was hard for many different reasons, things I won't necessarily divulge on mm-hmm. the podcast. But when we came back to work on Monday, three of my girlfriends at work gave me like the biggest hugs. 
like real hugs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's wonder, mm-hmm. right? Like the thing that you receive um, without asking, mm. right? So I'm going to intentionally stay away from the nostalgic things of wonder and see what I find without those. Yeah, yeah, which I think lends itself um, to being curious mm-hmm. and open to the spirit, right? It's not yeah. necessarily, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Right. And I think sometimes there are those added pressures, especially <clears throat> this time of year, like you need your, your place to look all Pinterest worthy mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And so you're like, no, I'm not going to lean into that. I'm actually going to embrace this new thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, mm-hmm. which kind of leads into, you know, in the devotional, we were introduced to woe moments. So these are these are times when we experience something that causes us to stop and wonder or to be filled with awe at the wonder of kind of the, the many ways that God shows up in our lives. And so I guess I'm curious if you can maybe think of a recent woe moment for you and, and kind of, I guess the other side of that would be, um, how might you offer the the wonder of love to someone in such a way that it that it creates a woe moment for them? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which you kind of talked about that a little bit in that your coworkers were kind of that for you, right? Yeah. Like giving you these big hugs and yeah. like noticing the wonder in that. But um, have you experienced anything like that? A, a woe moment recently? That, the hugs. I mean, it. I was like, I had to think about it, and I, I've thought about this. It's kind of been a thing um, with me and God over many, many years, right? I will be internally struggling with something, um, not communicating that necessarily to anyone, and within, you know, 24 hours of that process, God will show up in a way that says, hey, like, I'm still here. Mm. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Right? The woe is in how God will manifest through somebody else. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah. Yeah, for me, um, and it kind of corresponded with uh, uh, Friday's devotion about uh, Jane Goodall and um, the chimpanzees and the waterfalls and mm-hmm. just their sense of awe and wonder when they, and they do this almost ritualistic dance with the waterfall there's a link in the on the devotion you got to check it out it's really cool Um, but I was um, on vacation and we were sitting um, on the beach overlooking this island in the distance and the the local they called it uh, La Isla de, de Monos monkey island because mm. there's only there there's a majority of just monkeys that live on that island, and there's a massive rainstorm off in the distance, just hitting that island over and over and over again. Like every day we were there, and but it was just it was beautiful, like mm. just the the sky and um, the ocean, and but then then seeing that video of how even though they were getting drenched with water, the monkeys were probably in <laughs> awe of, of what, was, what was hitting them. And, um, 
but yeah, that I just I I sat back and I just I had no thoughts um, besides just wow or whoa whoa or whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it was beautiful. Mm. It's just yeah, those moments are are priceless because usually you can take yourself back to them mm-hmm. where everything stopped. Yeah, and yeah, it's and. In our busy lives, thinking back on those moments helps us calm down a little bit and stop and take that break that we need sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was, I I had had a conversation with someone I didn't really know recently and um, she was just kind of sharing some difficult things that were happening in her life and just how like present God was in that for her. And it was somebody, like I said, that I I didn't know at all, but I feel like, you know, in talking about those woe moments where we're kind of like filled with this wonder and awe and as she was sharing, you know, I just found myself in awe of just her faith and, uh, how present God was was in her her current life experience for her, and I feel like she offered the um, kind of that love to me. In that, you know, when you you look at someone and they're like almost like smiling with their eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. it was like we had this moment where <clears throat> I mean, I certainly felt that from her, and I was like hoping that I was like mirroring that back. But it was just like this beautiful shared moment where I was like, wow. Thank you, God. You know, thank you that we can sit here as two strangers connecting just over how cool God is. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think that when we talk about the Advent season there, you know, we're preparing for the birth of Christ, right? And so um, it it is this time of where we, we look to the light in the darkness and in regards to that, this can be a time uh, of grief for folks, right? In regards to maybe a, a recent loss or something, you know, terribly difficult that they're going through, or maybe it's even a loss that um, you know we've experienced long ago. And and so, you know, how do you think we can create space for grief and and sadness? both for ourselves and within our community gatherings. Mm. I think listening. Um, I I didn't know grief was so prevalent on me Mm. until Thanksgiving hit, Mm. right? And... um, I also feel like in the grief, God is reminding me that it's okay to live for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're taught that we have to stop living when we're grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that when grief is intense, you don't stop in the moment to sit with that. Mm-hmm. But I think that culturally we sometimes will literally get stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm learning to do both, like I said earlier, mm. right? But also the listening, um, 
I think there's wow moments when people trust you with their grief also. Mm-hmm. Um, confide in you. I Yesterday I had um, two friends tell me something they've never said out loud to me about their own journeys that I had like zero idea had happened to them and I just like welled up with tears Mm. um but I was wowed by that because they trusted me with that Mm -hmm. so I think um knowing that you can be grieving someone or something but also live Mm. right it's okay to grieve and also say yes to yourself Mm mm-hmm um, there's an honor in that for yourself and others, I think. And then listening, like really listening to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which also kind of involves that like slowing down and, and being present, right? Yeah. That we've kind of talked about too. You mm-hmm. know, when we're going 100 miles an hour, it's hard for us to be there for ourselves really or someone else yeah i hope i'm articulating that in the way that it i don't know if that's processing out the way i mean it to but i feel like yeah 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 absolutely that makes a lot of sense yeah no that um yeah that to kind of relate to going through own grief as well of especially you know holidays just especially if it's like the first holiday of not having um, person you lost yeah. with you or um, and it just because my wife and I we we had a uh, we lost her brother about a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. our family Thanksgiving was on his birthday this year mm-hmm. so it's just like kind of extra yeah. extra heavy yeah. and um, even though you know it, it's different for everybody on how much time they need mm-hmm. in grief and um but so with us carrying such a load to our family get together we were really focused on our own grief mm-hmm. and and afterwards we were just uh, we were just kind of at, at a pause of well why didn't our family talk you know talk to us more about it or see how we're doing or checking in or whatever and afterwards taking a step back and realizing they're going through their own griefs too yeah and because they're and they're yeah locked in on what they're going through um where they're if and I think that's that can be the struggle when you're going through your own grief you miss um those that you care about are hurting too and when we all should be there for each other we get locked in and are wanting um, support, but also we it needs to be reciprocated where we we give as well and um, so yeah that, it was a really really important epiphany for us of just like understanding that we are going through something, but like Alicia was saying of just we need to listen too and open that open our eyes a little bit more of what we're going into and, and be there, um, for others. And it kind of relates to that last question of how you can share that wonder of love to someone. Mm-hmm. I think of those that are grieving because, you know, we, when you're grieving, you, most people reach out right in the beginning 
but no one's reaching out later after a while. And if you just, if you know someone in your life that uh, maybe had, is still, is grieving or had a loss six months, one month, two months ago, and you just drop them a line, like out of nowhere, it means the world. Mm -hmm. And, and so few do that. Yeah. um, One of my really close girlfriends lost her grandmother the matriarch of their family last year mm-hmm. um and uh we have <laughs> we actually have a group chat where we do a lot of voice text to each other mm-hmm. because it just makes it funner you know and it's kind of like we have our own little podcast <laughs> and um we literally talk to each other instead of typing things out and um she realized she said she went home for the holidays because she's not from iowa um and it really didn't hit her or when she got home she realized it hadn't hit her to the degree to the degree in which she thought because she has been staying so busy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then so to be there for the holidays and her grandmother's not there and kind of like what you're talking about everybody's grieving yeah. but nobody's talking about the elephant in the room right and so we talked a lot about honoring what we personally need in our grief and so you know some of her was reflection was maybe I should have not went home this year Mm -hmm. like maybe my daughter and I should have done something different Mm -hmm. you know and just looking at that and being reflective of that right um and giving ourselves permission to do so you know um because you have to first your bucket you know your cup has to be full before you can you know, show up for others. So I think, um, which, and that's tough in the, in the grief process. And there's lots of different stages that we go through in our grief journey as well. How do you think the wonder of the incarnate light of Christ allows us to embrace our grief and not be overcome Mm. by our suffering? Like, how does that help us because I think that at some points in the journey, there is just, you know, the stages are like anger, denial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but curious on kind of how Jesus allows us to embrace our grief and not to be just swallowed up whole hmm. by it. I mean, as I was kind of um, thinking about this in terms of like a church community, right? And like prayer and lamenting, mm-hmm. um, maybe more on kind of like a personal level, journaling, mm-hmm. right? And, and kind of some of those things that can help create that space and yet not be so overwhelmed by the intense emotions that we might be feeling. I I think that um, Christ modeled like allowing yourself to feel it. I think a lot of times we suppress it, the different variations of grief, Mm -hmm. and we just keep going through the motions instead of um, giving ourselves permission to just have a crappy day because we're grieving, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I don't know how I want to expand on that right now. Yeah, and I, 
I would just say there's a lot of hope there. Like Christ brings hope um, mm-hmm. in in difficult times. And but no, I like what you said of just you know because Christ is a model that is a model that we follow. You know, it's just it's nice to it, it see in in those tougher times. It's nice to have you know something somebody or something to turn to mm-hmm. and um and Christ Christ being that model for us and giving us permission to just be in our whatever we're going through but yeah i mean for, and why hope has just been such a huge um huge thing for for me is just i th- i think in in loss and in suffering, there's always questions, mm-hmm. you know, why certain things happened, and, mm-hmm. and and through it all, I've just always been able to lean on Christ to help me see the good in something, mm-hmm. and because there there's always Christ at the finish line, and that always gives me hope. Which can which can be challenging, you know, mm-hmm. when we're in the when they we're in the thick of things. Um, I want to kind of shift gears just a little bit uh, because in in the devotional it, it was talking about um, sacred stories, uh, wondering stories was a theme in in week two, and so when we look at uh, sacred stories and, and sacred acts of remembering, they can connect us and offer us an experience of holy communion with God and with the people who have meant so much to us. And I guess I'm curious, you know, what, what memorable stories do you remember or share this time of year? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I um I thought about I don't remember what page it was on, but when they talked who was it that talked about their grandparents? Mhm. Mhm. Um that made me think of and so I put you know, they had mentioned um David Dill had mentioned the carpenter, the storyteller, the healer, and the cook. And so I had written the philosopher, my Uncle Charles, the listener, Miss Sandy. She was my landlord and my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, The intercessor, uh, Annie Grisby. She is my two youngest children's paternal grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then I put the cusser and the caretaker, Alverna Franklin. And so... (laughs) (laughs) um, I think about, she, Alverna didn't tell stories, but I met her when I was about 14 or 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was um, a surrogate grandmother. I, I feel like um, her and then Miss Sandy, right? So I didn't know my paternal grandmother or my maternal grandmother. I knew my maternal grandmother, but she passed when I was like six years old, so I don't have a lot of memory of her. Um and so I feel like in the course of my life, God gave me these two women. Um, and I don't necessarily have a story that I could tell, but when I think about Alverna, I think about like 
coming into her house as a teenager and she would be sitting on her wood stool like when you walked into her ranch styled house it was like the dining area mm-hmm. and then the kitchen was long right and so there was these long counters and she would sit on her stool right underneath the landline and she'd be talking <laughs> on her phone and she'd have a bowl of roman noodles and she'd put a slice of tomato on them and ran- it was the weirdest concoction but <laughs> I used to sit with her for hours Mm -hmm. and just, and she was probably the first person that ever really listened to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I could, I was free to just be, and I kind of felt like that with Sandy too. Um, I, I will tell a funny story that I didn't learn about Miss Sandy until after she had passed, but, um, she was a single mom in the early 70s, right? And so um, when we attended her life celebration, her son told us this story of how when he was a little boy, he said, my mom always liked the good looking no gooders. <laughs> right? And so I was like, I can relate. And, <laughs> and he said that he was a little boy in this one particular man that his mom was dating at the time was just a bully like he would come in the house after he'd been drinking and you know her son said I I was a heavy set kid and this particular night he came in the house and um he like got down on the floor with him and like stuck his elbow in the fat of his arm so that he couldn't get up and Miss Sandy kept telling him and Miss Sandy was like Petite. She was probably like five five, right? Red hair. She's still coloring her hair red before she passed. And um kept saying, like, get off my kid, you know? And he wouldn't listen because he had been drinking and he thought he was funny and he's laughing and his her son's crying. And she went in the kitchen and got a frying pan and came in the living room and clocked him in the head. Oh my goodness. And and <laughs> and I had been having conversations with her for four years prior to her (laughs) passing and she had never told me that story but when David told me that story I thought oh god this makes so much sense you know what I mean like I get it now like she was fierce about her kids and it was why she would let me you know she would call me downstairs to help her with something. And then she'd pour out, you know, she'd get out a bottle of wine and say, have a glass of wine with me. (laughs) And we'd sit there for hours and just talk. Mm -hmm. And mostly she would just let me talk and she Mm -hmm. would listen. And so I've um, just been blessed to have these two women that like just held space for me as elders with no correction, with no, you know, just Mm -hmm. let me. You're free to be you. Yeah. mm -hmm. So I think. That's been, those would be my things that I think about are my storytelling, you know? Yeah, yep, absolutely. John, how about you? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> we weren't uh, ready for that yeah. story. It was, uh, neither was I. I was like, what? <laughs> I've known you this long, and now you're When you shared the story, I just could hear the sound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and you, yeah, just this feisty little petite lady. And when David told me that, I thought, that is terrific (laughs) she sounds like an incredible woman yeah she was she was pretty great yeah I I swear all the the stories when my family get together um, 
we share a lot of stories of the past years and yeah. reminisce and and usually they're always involving someone that's not with us anymore mm-hmm. like our beloved grandma or aunt or you know usually people in our lives that were gone too soon and um but uh they're always just the funniest of stories and I always think back of when my my grandma passed and she was 94 I think lived a amazingly uh, amazing life and long and um and even though we were all sad we it was like such a great time like it's hard to say that mm-hmm. but it was like such a celebration yeah. of her life where the uh, aunts and uncles cousins getting together that we hadn't for a while and we just laughed mm-hmm. sharing stories and it was beautiful and it, that's something that we still talk about when we get together like for holidays and things like that and and it's such a great way to remember our loved ones that are gone mm-hmm. those beautiful stories and oh man we and that's just yeah something in my family it's always joking and the funny stories. Who can get who to laugh and yeah. and all that. Mm, that's good. That's good. I think, you know, stories, they connect us, right? Mm-hmm. And so whether it's someone who's still here or someone who's passed, uh, it's good to share those stories and allows us to remember and kind of connect, and uh, which kind of leads us into our next question because you know when we're not taking the time to slow down as we've talked about you know and when we're kind of hurrying ourselves through life um our capacity to wonder can be diminished right and so what do you think are some ways that we can stop today and practice wonder Well, for me, <coughs> excuse me, this uh, devotional has helped me do that. Mm-hmm. It's something that I can start my day with, and I don't know. I I work well with ritual, um, but quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so pausing, but not for very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's quick in a sense of quick getting me there. Yeah. Like. Um, because sometimes I, I get I fall into being lazy. I mean, I when I when I'm uh, I guess have a chance to not do anything, mm-hmm. I err towards doing nothing, and which usually, which could end up being scrolling or you know getting caught up in sports or whatever. When it can be such a perfect time to lean into God and start my day mm. in a way to be aligned. Um, we're, you know, it's going to start my day in such a better foot of getting my heart aligned and at peace. And when, with, you know, when there's so many days without it, that it's just, it can be a mess. Mm-hmm. And I, for, so for me, just having something quick to get me into it and remind me to slow down, even in the beginning of the mm-hmm. day. Can you tell us maybe, like, what does that look like specifically for you, John? Like, is that something that you do at the beginning of your day or at the end of the day? Or what does that look like for you? Right away. Yeah. We're within the first 15, 20 minutes of being awake. Yeah. 
is probably the best time for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having just that something that almost kind of anchors you back to God and kind of is a way for you to, before you get your day started, yeah. essentially. Well, and I don't know. I mean, I, maybe other people can relate to this or not, but I, it's just every day is a new day. It's a blank slate. And if I'm not intentional about doing something, it's just yeah. it, the day can go, you know, can mm-hmm. go down um, where my mind can just get locked in on the, the things of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can lose sight of, <clears throat> of God and miss out on so many, so many interactions and um, I guess things around me that mm-hmm. if I'm not intentional of opening my, my mind's eye, really, I just do my thing. Yeah. So creating that kind of a habit. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so easy to miss out on those, those times of intentionality where you can be sharing love to other people. Mm-hmm. When you're just focused on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I can fall into that trap a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's made me um, slow down too and be more reflective of where my mind and my heart are centered mm-hmm. and how, um, how I can, I tend to, people don't on the outside necessarily see that in me, but... I tend to go inward with my negativity. Mm. So it becomes an internal thing, mm-hmm. right? Which is um, fueling all of the things that little Alicia has been trying to recover from. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I've been actually reading mine at night, mm-hmm. which helps me. Um, it's interesting because helps me reflect on the day, but it's also helping me with my morning routine. One of the things that I personally am working on is when is like my self-discipline and my my mm. lack of self-discipline for the things of care for myself mm. are rooted in things from my childhood, right? And so um, if I don't stay centered on my walk with God, then all of that, those natural tendencies mm-hmm. or those learned tendencies come back up and I have to be very intentional about relearning things Mm -hmm. right and so um yeah I've been sleeping better Mm. so there's there's just been yeah I mean and it's just from a few days of reading like I'm like whoa you get it get it together girl you know better but also I we forget that we have to do things differently in new seasons I think I think oftentimes we can look back on seasons of our life where we were really um, kind of moving in this forward movement that was really beneficial to us. And then something in life happens and kind of changes the trajectory of life. And then we think we have to operate, okay, I got to get back to that place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you mean in terms of spirituality and maybe yeah. some of your practices that yes, you like the rituals and the practices, right? So, mm-hmm. yep. but that doesn't always work. What you used to do doesn't always work, yeah. right? Like, what is it? The you know you can't take 
what's the scripture about the old wineskins? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, so. Mm-hmm. Which I think. I don't meant... remember the scripture, John. <laughs> but you know I, what I'm well, talking we're not about. Old scripture, so it's all good. I, hey, You're not fired or anything. I, I'm not helping out either. So. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about. Uh, practicing wonder I, I wanted to do a shameless plug for the advent retreat uh, because it is a way for us to uh are who's reading that and well i am oh gotcha <laughs> thank I you think, i think he knew that i'm pretty sure he knew that but it really is a way for us to pause and notice the sacred around us and i think you know when we incorporate some of those contemplative practices like you're saying of having a structured time it doesn't have to look a certain way but just kind of carving that out creates that habit and I think that lends itself for us to kind of stop be more mindful engage in the in some of the ways in in which we see the spirit moving and how God is at in our life so um I I want to thank you both for just being here today and sharing your insights and your reflections and just kind of your journey uh, through Advent. You know, I think it's um, it's a joy to journey with, with each of you. Mm. And uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, during this Advent season, may we embody the simple practice of pausing to reflect on the signs of wonder around us. And may we experience God's abundant love and wonder in ways both big and small. And together, may we embrace the season of Advent with reflection on how we can practice wonder in our own lives. Oh, the Advent retreat. (laughs) This podcast is going to be something. The Advent Retreat is on December 16th. So for those of you who are listening, this will be at Wellington Heights Community Church from 9 to noon. It's open to everyone. Um, You can register simply by emailing Jenny at wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org. So thanks for being with us today. See ya. Thank you once again for listening to today's podcast. We hope that it was a blessing to you. As we continue in our Advent season, I just have a few quick announcements and reminders. Our Love Thy Neighborhood mugs are for sale at the back of the worship space. So when we see you next week for week three of our Advent series, you can purchase a mug for $20. The proceeds will benefit community events hosted in the neighborhood by Wellington Heights Community Church. Caregivers of young ones, a reminder that the Wellington Heights Community Church youth will be closing worship at our Christmas Eve service with song and dance. That service is at 4 p.m. As the snow begins, which impacts street parking in Wellington Heights, there is additional parking available at the Harambee House, which is on 4th Avenue and just one block away from the church. Now, as I mentioned, we are moving into week three of the Advent season. And here at Wellington Heights Community Church, the Advent season is a time of wonder. And wonder invites us to pay attention to the sacred that surrounds us each and every day. Embodying wonder guides us toward curiosity, gratitude, and openness to the movement of God's Spirit. Together, may we embrace the season of Advent with reflection on how we may practice wonder in our lives. 
Jenny Chatama is hosting a Advent retreat. During this half-day retreat, we will pause to notice and experience God's Spirit among us as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. That retreat is Saturday, December 16th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can register by emailing Jenny at wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org. And last but not least, please consider giving the gift of community flourishing and development. All end-of-the-year gifts will go towards the Flourishing Neighborhood Index, and you can learn more about the Flourishing Neighborhood Index, which will be launching in 2024 here at Wellington Heights Community Church and the surrounding neighborhood. Feel free to stop by and talk to any of the staff on Sundays when we are in person. Thank you again for tuning in and have a blessed day.